And we're back on the second episode of the Iron Soldier podcast. I am absolutely thrilled to be joined here in our makeshift studio with two wonderful soldiers. And we're going to have a conversation about boss. We're going to have a conversation about EO. We're going to talk about the uh, brand new William Beaumont Army Medical Center. So let's get started. absolutely thrilled to be joined by Sergeant First Class Adam Arshansky, who is the Equal Opportunity Advisor for the William Beaumont Army Medical Center. Sergeant Arshansky, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, sir. Absolutely. So I want to get to know the person behind the microphone to start. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your Army story. Um, so I'm Adam Marshansky, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Joined Army at 17, so I did need my mom's signature for that. So it's been a ride. So I came in at 17, not really sure if I was going to go to school or not. So I was like, hey, let's give this Army thing a shot, right? But so throughout my career, I've been in 21 years now. I just had my, my 21 year anniversary on 11th. So it's been an amazing experience. I've got to go a lot of places. I've been overseas. I got to go to Iraq and Afghanistan as well. So that was a good trip. But overall, my experience with the military has been beneficial. There's things that I would have never done, places I would have never gone. I, I believe had I not joined the military, I'd probably been would have stayed in Brooklyn or at least stayed in New York. And Brooklyn is nice. No, um, having firsthand experience, and you and I have talked a little bit about this, is uh, I've spent time in Brooklyn, but uh, definitely getting out and getting to explore the world is awesome. And tell us about your family and your career leading up to assignment at, at Fort Bliss. Yeah. So, um, so I'm married. I have an 18-year-old, a 6-year-old, and a 3-year-old. So yes, I, I started from the bottom again, but that's okay. I'm working through that. So uh, I was as I was approaching the, the later tenure of my career, they asked me, hey, what's your plans? So, and I've all, I've been an equal opportunity leader for about 10 years now. And they said, well, what do you want to do? Uh, you have broadening assignments. And I was like, I really want to be an equal opportunity advisor. So I had to wait for the process a whole year. And I went to the school and they said, hey, you're going to Fort Bliss. And I was like, all right. And then that's how I ended up here. A little different than Brooklyn, huh? A little different, a little warmer. A little warmer. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, just on that on that side of things, Fort Bliss, you know, being at William Beaumont, how has that been? Have you had any fun out in the El Paso area? So this is actually my second time here. So I was here back in 2010 when we started construction at the hospital and we just moved in. But that, that again, that is exciting. So it's a over 1 million square foot hospital with all the services that we need for the community. So we're not just gonna be supporting family members, DOD dependents and service members and retirees. We're also gonna be part of a marketplace which will be opening up to, to personnel within the El Paso community as well. That's awesome. And something that I've learned from you, Sergeant Oshansky, is that uh, Equal Opportunity Advisors have no other job. So you were not involved in building the building. You didn't no. pick up the sledgehammer or anything like that. And I know that you have a uh, primary MOS, but you, you don't utilize that primary MOS on a daily basis because you are completely and totally focused on your duties in equal opportunity. So I, I was privileged um, just a few short weeks ago to attend the EOLC, the Equal Opportunity Leaders course, which I know way back you attended. Yes. Um, you've advanced, you've been promoted to an advisor. So that's that's pretty cool. I'm a little jealous. You know, it's such an important role. So let's start with the fundamentals for our listeners. What is equal 
opportunity for the army and why were you attracted to this broadening opportunity to begin with so the the military so it's, it's changed a couple times but um right now it's a military equal opportunity harassment prevention and response program so it's kind of a mouthful but there were some changes that that came out last year so the eolc like you said sir the seven-day course which we have our sergeants uh, sergeant promotable through captains come to and they essentially serve as the the basis for representatives they're equal to leaders but when people have concerns they are really their first line of response to try to address those concerns and with the military equal opportunity program so we talk about race we talk about color religion sexual orientation gender to include uh gender identity and pregnancy and also harassment via bullying or hazing and also online misconduct so what, what we've seen is maybe people have been harassing others not necessarily at the workplace but if they're doing it online as well that that is something that that we take care of as well but the the biggest piece to the equal opportunity program is training and education that that's our main focus we want the last thing for people to come to do is have to come to us and us have to take a complaint or us has to resolve conflict um, what we want is we want to get training and education out there to ensure that this is the way that you treat people this is how you understand people this is how you get your message across without without coming off the wrong way so that's the main tenet is treating people with dignity and respect and, and recognizing their potential regardless of what they look like or what they sound like or, or their sex or anything else like that. And our chief of staff of the army has highlighted people first, that people are the number one priority. And frankly, it makes us the best and strongest army in the world. And the EO program really is directly in support of people first, uh, highlighting diversity, that diversity is a is a positive thing. And, you know, looking around Fort Bliss, it's fun, uh, you know, being able to see the, the green suitors, as we say, the service members, the civilians. And I know that there's actually a separate program in uh, equal opportunity for um, for DA civilians. But the diversity is what makes our army great. It's what makes El Paso and Fort bliss. Absolutely fantastic. And in the EOLC, it really teaches leaders, again, in the ranks that you just mentioned, sergeant promotable through captain, how to, of course, handle on the, call it reactive side, but more importantly, on the proactive side, including talking about some level of the observances that take place and so on. So you are, uh, your office is at the beautiful new William Beaumont Army Medical Center yes. as, as an example. But there are times that you, uh, that you walk around with a, uh, with a duty phone. <laughs> yes, and you are on call um, yes, for the entirety of Fort Bliss. And I know that you and fellow EOAs instruct the class. So tell us a little bit about some of the proactive measures that the Equal Opportunity Program through First Armored Division through Fort Bliss is engaged in to highlight, again, the positives and in the, I guess, like I said, the proactive piece of Equal Opportunity. Yes. So um, we have, there, there is a newsletter that, that we're currently working on, and it's going to be a monthly newsletter, talk about EO topics and and things like that. One of one of the biggest things, of course, COVID kind of threw a little bit of a wrench to it. But the the observances, the observances were the most important pro part of the program, and, and that brought awareness to different cultures. Whether it was um, Martin Luther King or Black Black History Month, American Indian Alaska Native Heritage Month, Hispanic Heritage Month. Uh, Women's Equality Day, and, and there are other observances in there, but the bringing together of people, regardless of our differences, is, is what the focus of those observances were. And it's to, to understand people to understand that yes we are different and we're different for reasons you can if you had a single mind and a single thought and everybody was the same you wouldn't really have 
opinions and you want to have ways to improve because it's it would be this way but the main the main programs again that we have were their observances and we're going to start picking those back up very very short very soon that's so important um and when i say proactive what i mean is really teaching leaders how to address, how to engage respectfully and appropriately um, with uh, an army that is increasingly becoming even more diverse. So, Sergeant Oshansky, you uh, you mentioned uh, you just celebrated 21 years in the you know in, in the army. Well, so thank you for your service, of course. Um, but you you went into the EOL program initially. How have things changed? How has the army changed and how has the EO program changed as well? So it's definitely changed for the better, I would say. Coming up through the ranks, I was a a witness of discrimination. I've seen it. And again, it is important that people understand that discrimination knows no race and knows no gender. Anyone can be discriminated against. But it is important to realize that as an army, how far we have come. There were things that were were tolerable. There were there were cadences. There were things that, even even institutional things that were in place that wouldn't allow people to rise to their full potential. And as we've advanced as a society and as a military, there are now policies in place to make sure that you can be all you can be. And that, that was my really favorite slogan. But that's where we are. We we see people for their performance, their potential. Um, what they can be versus um, what they look like or or where they come from. Is there one message or takeaway that you would have for our listeners in terms of how they can support? And we'll talk about how they can learn more about EO uh, here on Fort Bliss. But what can they do, the one takeaway that they should put in place perhaps this week after listening to this podcast? So one of the things, it's an activity I always ask people to do. So as we meet people, um, we kind of develop these these biases in, in our heads. And what people, what I would like people to do or what I advise them to do is when, when you're looking at someone, there's usually one word that pops into your head. And it's that, if that word is has a negative connotation, then look at maybe why, why you're thinking that way or why you're saying that. Is it something internal? Is it something that you've had an experience with? Maybe you've had a negative experience with a certain, a certain culture or a certain group. And, and examine yourself. A lot, of, a lot of things come through self-awareness because you can't improve unless you know the basis of why you need to improve. Absolutely. And going back to, again, William Beaumont. So um, tell us a little bit about the uh, the staff size of the hospital. I think uh, a lot of people have now seen the new building. I mean, it's been, like you said, it's been an ongoing project for quite a while. I like to stay on the glass half full side of things, as you can yes, tell. Sir. It's been around for a little while, but definitely I was witness the other day to uh, change a command ceremony. And I saw the outside. I'm still waiting for my personal tour. Yes, sir. Okay, we'll we'll work on that. Uh, but tell us about the staff size. Tell us uh, a little bit of the highlights of the of, of the new building. So we have over four thousand four thousand staff. Um, that's not including personnel that um, support from outside agencies. But so William Beaumont is more of a collective. It has that one main facility, but you also have to realize that we have behavioral health on the installation. We have the clinics on the installation, uh, dental health activities on the installation. So all that combines into really one thing with the new William Beaumont um, being the, the center hub. Um, so wanna, so again, the support services, there's larger, larger rooms. They made sure that it's safer for patients. They made sure that we have more access to care. The, the pharmacy, um, they have a pharmacy there. And also the pharmacy program is being revamped so people are able to get their medication faster. The, the training, so we are a major training facility. So that is important. We train doctors, we train nurses, we train medics, we train lab techs. So as a major training facility, we have the most state-of-the-art training facility include two fully operating operating rooms, which are just made 
makeshift operating rooms, but they have all the equipment in it. So they can actually pretend to do surgeries just like it would be in an actual OR. Uh, and then we have our, our medical training and our nursing training. So the hospital can is not just a training center, but also a medical center. We have expanded our capabilities. So it's not just the size. We also have a lot more resources now. And most important question for me is how's the coffee in the building, in the cafeteria? So we are we are getting there. It is. It is. Uh, we have a marketplace that ha- that sells Starbucks, and we also have a defect that has the regular coffee. Or the regular <laughs> army coffee. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, maybe the next time we have you on, Sergeant Orshansky, we'll do it uh, over there in the uh, in the in the, in the new William Beaumont uh, Army Medical Center. And as we start to come to a conclusion in our conversation, uh, I want to go back to you. How we started in this in this conversation. I know you're very passionate about uh, again being an EOA, being an equal opportunity advisor. I know that your colleagues throughout this installation are equally as passionate and they make themselves available for conversations to, again, always educate, which is important. And importantly, throughout this installation, all of the tenant units are all teaching. It's mandated uh, teaching uh, topics relating to uh, equal opportunity. And your team is pretty busy running yes, around. So um, you are you are a busy man, and I'm grateful that you uh, took the time to, uh, to appear on the podcast. What are your next steps? Um, so right now, I'm looking at the getting promoted. I will say I am I am happy to serve and I will serve as long as the army lets me. I'm also happy to be in this job. So this is there, there's two jobs that I, I loved. One was working as a labor and delivery nurse and the other one is is working as a military equal opportunity advisor. And I absolutely love this job. I you know, with, with having having 20 years in and becoming an equal opportunity advisor at 20 years, I, I'm fully committed to the profession and fully committed to being the best advisor and the best educator that I can be. Again, I don't know everything, but I'm learning every day. I'm learning, and I think it's that's that's an important piece. That every day, and not not what we see on Facebook necessarily, but um, we vet our sources to make sure that we are getting. The, the right material, but I'm hoping to stay in uh, a little bit longer. But if not, I would be very happy if I would be able to continue this and, and maybe take, an, take a position as a equal employment opportunity specialist going forward. That's awesome. That's fantastic. And uh, unfortunately, the uh, you know with the uh, EOA, uh, you can't do both your jobs at once. You can't be that labor and delivery nurse yeah. and, and also the EOA. But uh, you get to work in a great environment and a great hospital and soon to be great coffee as well, which is which is awesome. So lastly, how can people again get in touch if they're uh, if they want to learn more? And I will also just make sure I highlight again that EOLC for those that are in that grade or even commanders that might be tuning in uh, if they want to. Send somebody to the course if you see that potential in uh, in a few in a future equal opportunity leader. Where can they learn more? So every brigade is assigned an equal opportunity advisor. So there's there's about an equal opportunity advisor for every five to ten thousand people. So that's why we're a little bit busy, but that's understandable. So equal opportunity leaders course is a a great course if you want to send a dedicated leader that you know has the potential to serve their community and and be that those eyes and ears, not just for the advisors, but also for the, their commanders. That That's who you want to send. So that staff sergeant, that sergeant promotable through that captain. We are very happy when we take captains and just as happy as, and just as happy when we take sergeant promotables. But as long as they're dedicated individuals that, that understand uh, dignity and respect for all. And if they ever, if they ever need anything, Again, every brigade has an equal opportunity advisor. There's an on-call number, which we can provide to you at a later time, but we are here for the community. We're here to support and to make sure that everyone's treated with dignity and respect. Well, fantastic. Again, Sergeant First Class Adam Orshansky, thanks so much for uh, for educating um, all of us on the Iron Soldier podcast. 
Uh, and uh, any final closing thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? So I do have one more thing. So next month, if everyone doesn't know yet, so August 24th and 25th, the Deputy Assistant Secretary Army for Equality and Inclusion uh, will be here. And we're going to be doing essentially seven sensing sessions. So 20 people from each major unit, five people from William Beaumont, five from Dentec. We're going to meet in the hospital and we're going to have sense sessions with HQDA. And this is important because this is a time for everyone, not just event, but to bring topics of discussion that are important to the community um, at those venues, whether it's quality of life or, or EO concerns or whatever you think you would like addressed. And that's what and it's going to be on the 24th and 25th of August. Awesome. Very, very helpful. Thanks so much for sharing that. And um, thank you so much for uh, for joining us on the uh, on the podcast. Thanks, sir. And now continuing our conversation with uh, fascinating people, fascinating leaders doing amazing and interesting things here on Fort Bliss, I am thrilled to be joined by Sergeant David Cherry Holmes, who is the boss president. And I, I know that because of all of the swag he's wearing, and I'm kind of jealous he's wearing a, uh, th- this is an audio podcast, so I, he's wearing a cool t-shirt, meaning he is very noticeable wherever he is on the installation, providing better opportunities for single soldiers. Sergeant Cherry Holmes, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm honored to be here. And yeah, part of the whole reason behind me wearing the boss swag rather than the uniform is to prevent uh, newer soldiers to the base from kind of being scared to talk to me being an NCO. That's uh, that's great. And so you have um, swag for all seasons because we do get them all here on uh, Fort Bliss, don't we? Well, I don't exactly have swag for all seasons, but being in the Army for uh, over 10 years, I'm pretty well acquainted to the layering system. Oh, there we go. That's perfect. So, Sergeant uh, Cherryums, you are very passionate about your role um, with BOSS, but uh, behind the role, you are a soldier. Tell us your story and uh, and how you came to this position. Yes, sir. So I grew up in uh, Tampa, Florida. At 17, I joined the Florida National Guard through a split-op program. So I actually went to drill during my uh, senior year of high school and did basic training over the summer before going to my senior year of high school. And I did uh, seven years there as a cannon crew member of 13 Bravo, and then decided I'd like to go try active duty. I had no reason to stay in Florida. I didn't care where I went. So I was given a conditional release and was it was chosen for me to come to Fort Bliss, which at first I was kind of hesitant about it, but still good with it. I'd been to El Paso once before, just driving through on I-10 on my way to California. But after I did some research, I was very excited to come here. And having been here for three years, I really enjoy this place. And before coming to Fort Bliss, did you know what BOSS was? I did not know what BOSS was before I came here, but after getting here, I did go on several BOSS events. I went on ski trip to Colorado two years ago, which that one experience is primarily the catalyst that made me want to take the position when I saw it was open. So BOSS is one of those hidden secrets, but no more because we're sharing it with our listeners. And it is uh, everything that is good about, uh, again, about being able to explore your surroundings, building the camaraderie, uh, friendship. And and I know that when you say events, I'm looking on the table over here and you have quite a calendar, quite a bit of things going on. So you are a busy, busy man. And again, grateful that you're spending the time with us. So uh, you've been the boss president. Uh, so I, I should be uh, rising and, uh, and saluting you, uh, my friend. And 
what does that mean in terms of the the representation at the company or unit level? So basically as president, I'm pretty much the boss representative for the base. And at the company level, we need at least one representative to uh, be able to come to our meetings to be able to push information out to the soldiers because I could I could plan a full calendar, have great events available with uh, highly subsidized events. Like you'd be able to go on these events way cheaper than you could do on your own or even free. But uh, if that information doesn't get out to the soldiers at your units, then there's gonna be a lack of outreach for people to go on these events. And one of the things that, that you do and is part of your, your schedule uh, is we're, ha we're having this conversation during sort of the PCS season. Uh, lots of new faces here in this installation. Unfortunately, we all say goodbye to a lot of friendly and familiar faces, but you are at the reception brief each and every week, making sure that new soldiers coming to Fort Bliss are aware of all of the better opportunities for single soldiers. So on that note, tell us a little bit of what is on the calendar including I believe a very very big event coming up in just a few weeks yes sir so currently for the month of July we already had in this past week it's been a busy month since my vice president's currently at BLC but we uh, volunteered at the 4th of July pop goes to the Ford event we had about 15 volunteers out there they were all given gift cards for participating we had a sushi making class with the art and hobby shop here on base and then this last Saturday we had a billiards tournament with a 18 competitors and we got to give away some good monetary prizes for that as well. Wednesday we're gonna have a high ropes course which if you didn't know about the soldier activity center that's something every soldier here should know about. They've got a pool, the library, but it's currently not open but they've also got a massive rock climbing wall that you see as soon as you come in and this rock climbing wall is a lot more challenging than probably most of the rock climbing walls you've been to unless it was at a specific climbing gym. They offer climbing courses there as well as a belay safety class. If you don't know what belay means, it means when you're the person at the bottom of the rope who safely allows the person to climb. I just took my test last week so I'm a certified belayer and I can allow anyone to rock climb safely with no fear of injury. We're also going to be having a kayaking trip this week hopefully to truth or consequences if the water level is good, and a pottery class at the end of the month. But the mentioned was uh, Boss Bash. So August 20th, we're going to be having a big event with free food for the first 500 soldiers to show up. This is for single soldiers, unaccompanied soldiers, so geo bachelors, and we're going to have a lot of inflatables. The 1AD rock band will hopefully be able to be out there, a live DJ, and most importantly, we're going to have cheap beer for $2 each. Lots of perks over there. So uh, speaking, and you just started highlighting the criteria for admission to boss events. Tell us a little bit of essentially who should, who of our listeners should be getting in touch with, um, with you and your team at boss to learn more who is welcome and frankly, who's not welcome. <laughs> All right. So yes, uh, single soldiers, whether they're enlisted warrants or commissioned, Although our primary demographic we tend to look at when considering quality of life things is junior enlisted soldiers living in the barracks because they make up the majority. They're the most at-risk demographic. But uh, even commissioned officers who are not married, fully welcome to come on our events. And even if any foreign soldiers are at Fort Bliss for a stay, as they are our allies, they are free to come join us on our events, which would honestly be cool because it would be a kind of shared culture experience. 
And you just touched on it. I mean, a big part of it is the camaraderie that's built and the community that's built, um, which is so important. And you also mentioned something very important, which is the benefits of, again, the this calendar, um, which I'm just tired even thinking about uh, about what's uh, what's out there. These are all things that that soldiers, again, that might be working very you know, busy days in their, uh, in their, during their duty day, but gives them an opportunity to unwind in a positive and constructive manner, which is so important, which ties into certainly Operation Ironclad and, and, uh, eliminating the harmful behaviors and, uh, and which is great. And I think that a lot of soldiers just simply don't know about all of the opportunities and certain cherry homes, you're doing the work, you're, you're doing the research into, uh, into planning these trips and these activities. You came into the position in the midst of COVID. So a, uh, uh, certainly a uh, a challenging time. Uh, so what was BOSS doing then and how are you seeing sort of the vision and, and what are some of your goals for the future now that things are starting to open up and people are more free to, to travel and participate in some of these activities? Right. That has been the biggest challenge is when I took over in February, BOSS was completely shut down. So I've pretty much felt like I've had to rebuild the program from scratch. And although it's taking some time, I do see my goal is after August, after Boss Bash, it's looking like I'll have a full team of four people to be able to help me with planning events, getting things on the calendar, and really get things going. Another big uh, goal of mine regarding quality of life, it's my number one quality of life priority right now, is Fort Bliss used to have a shuttle system for East Bliss soldiers without POVs, and we're looking at currently bringing that back. And it's, it's already in the works currently the minimum price for an uber ride from east bliss barracks to uh freedom crossing people are going to be looking at paying 20 dollars one way if they don't have a friend to be able to give them a ride over here to get basic essentials and with this full team i'm really excited about what we can do i've worked on the groundwork of having a new sop that's very easy to read lots of pictures. That's one thing I pride myself in is I like to really make sure I write things in a way that's well understood. Regarding the community aspect, we have a Discord server, which is a good way for people new to the base to ask questions that so they can't get that kind of information from their sponsor, or uh, even if they want to plan events on their own. On our Discord server, we have someone advertising to go play a ultimate frisbee on the weekend and people, it's just a way to get events out there. If there's something you want to go do that isn't a boss event, it's a good way to find people who aren't at your unit, but have similar interests. Absolutely. Uh, so important. And again, fun activities and great community that's that's established. And you have a direct line of communication, BOSS being a program of uh, MWR. Um, you have a direct line of communication with the MWR director and the team. So when there's good ideas, you're able to make it happen. And also, you know, falling under garrison, you know, and speaking with the garrison commander and garrison uh, sergeant major, if there's concern that's raised, folks can get in touch with you and then you're able to advocate and represent um, for the uh, for the needs of single soldiers. Let's as we're coming to the end of our conversation, let's talk a little bit about that and some of the uh, some of the, the people that you hear from and and how people can get in touch with you if they have an, uh, an event idea they want to get involved or maybe there's a concern that they that they want you as the boss president to uh, to help them with. Right. So boss covers the three pillars, which are quality of life, community service, and recreation. And the MWR team is incredibly helpful. I have access to so many different people with a variety of uh, abilities to make these events happen. Primarily my advisor, Bruce Nielsen, who is the outdoor rec supervisor. So he's always at the Soldier Activity Center, always teaching people how to climb properly. But then 
I have a whole marketing team with MWR. I can get flyers made for anything. And Jorg, who is the manager of the Warrior Zone, he's completely supportive with any event I want to do at the Warrior Zone. We've had the movie nights there. I've even brought people from the reception barracks to the movie nights as kind of an introduction, which is especially helpful if they're going to First Brigade or Devardi, because the Warrior Zone's pretty much the only amenity they can walk to if they don't have a POV. But it's a great team, and I have so many people available that just want to help me out with the program. And I'm willing to offer this assistance to other directorates for their events as well. That's awesome. And definitely any leaders listening to this conversation should take the time to learn more about uh, about BOSS and all of the programs that are available. You mentioned volunteerism, which is so important. And uh, soldiers can actually be eligible to be put in for a MOVSM, a volunteer service uh, medal with the right number of hours. So lots of ways that, uh, that soldiers can not only have a good time, but also, again, further their career, which is important. So um, you've shared a lot um, with our listeners, a lot of programs, but most importantly, I want to make sure that people can get in touch with you. How can they learn more about uh, this massive calendar in case they weren't taking notes? All right. For more information, you can easily reach us on uh, Bliss Boss on Facebook, Bliss Boss on Instagram, and uh, the Boss phone number, which I'm usually unable to answer phone calls, but you can text it. It's 915-892-5195. Well, I appreciate you uh, coming on and sharing and definitely looking forward to bringing you back as the calendar uh, fills up for the remainder of 2021. And uh, definitely don't be a stranger. Let us know of what events we can uh, we can highlight on the Iron Soldier podcast. Any closing thoughts or, uh, or comments that you want our listeners to know about? Right. I do want to touch on the volunteering because for perspective, think about the promotion board and your biography. If you've got a E4 going to the promotion board, if their biography says something like they've been consistently volunteering at the animal shelter or with the armed forces YMCA, that's a good look for that soldier. And that's, that's going to really put them above their uh, competitors when they go to that promotion board. And even if they don't have the medal at that time, just having that in their bio, which is confirmed by their leadership, that's that looks really good. It sure does. Well, uh, good advice. And uh, again, lots of reasons that boss is definitely something that all of our single soldiers and certainly uh, any leaders on this installation on beautiful Fort Bliss should be learning about. And uh, I appreciate you for all that you do. And like I said, please uh, don't be a stranger. And that will be a wrap for our conversation here on the Iron Soldier podcast, be sure to click subscribe, rate, review, and share. It makes it easier for others to find the podcast. We'll come back again with yet another conversation highlighting some of the amazing programs on Fort Bliss and throughout First Armored Division and uh, other uh, units here on the installation. So uh, make sure you check us out again. Thanks so much for tuning in.